everyone. Uh, it's the day after transfer deadline, 1st February, and we're back with Love Pod number 69. Um, thanks for listening. Um, I'm joined by a very special guest, Mark Isles from the Bolston News. Good evening, Mark. How are you doing? I'm very honoured to be on Love Pod 69. I didn't, I didn't think I'd ever, ever get this far. I know. Nor did we. Nor did we. Um, it sounds it sounds a bit rough, actually. You might want to change the title of this particular one. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound a bit rough. Yeah, we might have to think about like that some one. Some type of specialist service. I'm hoping Dan's got some special music to uh, to introduce us. But uh... this is love. This is love pod after hours. <laughs> <laughs> Late night love pod. Um, <laughs> I'm also joined by uh, two Toms, so I'm going to call one Wilson, Tom Wilson. And I'm also joined by Tom Winrow, who is apparently down the Manny Road slash Nighthawk. <laughs> Hello. Hello. How you doing, guys? I'm well, doing good. I was I was just in the DMs with LaFondra earlier, so I'm, nice. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, we'll come on to that a bit later. But um, yeah, exciting stuff. Um, so as Tom has alluded to there, um, we had an interesting uh, transfer deadline day yesterday. Um, a, couple, a couple of incomings and one today, I believe, um, and then one major outgoing and a couple of other outgoings, which no one really cares about. But um, <laughs> where should we start, lads? Should we talk about the? In- let's talk about the incomings first. Uh, let's talk about um, Adam Lafondra coming back to the club. Mark, where do you stand on uh, Lafondra coming back? Well, it's it, the, the first thing that screams out in my mind is is where does he fit in the team? Does yeah. the team change to fit Lafondra, or does Lafondra do something, play in a, a position that's not necessarily natural to him? Um, I mean, certainly when they were considering signing him when they first made contact, it was something we were all talking about. And, and you know, I think a lot of the, the general consensus was that, that Phil Parkinson would have to change his team. Now, you know, he's obviously not too keen to do that. He's, he's you know, he likes his system. Um, I think that, in general, the people that he has brought in don't necessarily, necessarily rather, match up to the system he has been playing. So I think there's going to have to be a change somewhere. Mm. What do you guys think? Two up front and go back to the diamond that didn't work earlier in the season? Or mm. it's, it's, it's an interesting one because it's, it's, it's a bit of a gamble in, in any, any way you look at it. You know, bringing Adam in, he's not played a great deal of football, but he, he isn't a lone front man in my right. eyes. He's going to need somebody up there with him, and and that's you know changing from the norm that we've seen and the, the tried and trusted Parkinson method. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Wilson, let's come to you on that one. Yeah, I have a pretty strong opinion on this. I think it's very, it's been very overstated how much this signing is going to impact the team because <clears throat> as you as um, down the Manny Road and Rob probably know, I. I don't like Medina whatsoever. I think he's a terrible player. So I'm 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 anxious to see the back of him. And I think people are really um understating how good Lafondra could be by himself. Because let's be honest, people are acting like yeah, Adam Lafondra isn't a tall striker like Parkinson likes. But it's not as if we've been like floating balls to Medina in games. We've not been using him for his aerial threat and stuff like that. So I uh, I don't know. I I think people are making a big fuss about nothing. Okay. Other time, what do you reckon? Um, I, I think through no fault of Adam Fondra's own, he's got a, a, a big uh, big reputation to live up to and I don't think that's necessarily his performances when he was first here. I think that's more the, 
the frenzy that's been whipped up around him signing. Um, he's the closest thing we've had to a goal scorer uh, in, a, in in quite a while. He's probably the last one. Um, I think I think League One at whatever age Adam Lafondre is, he's absolutely his level. I mean, he scored goals for fun for Rochdale, for Rotherham. He's been there, done it. So it, it seems it seems like we've rolled the dice. I think maybe the performances of late have, have dipped in terms of their energy levels, and I think teams are starting to suss us out. So it seems as if the club's rolled the dice and maybe they're trying for a, a new way of going about things. Yeah, I agree. I think someone pointed out today that now that a certain person has left the club, um, the top goal scorer at the club is Mark Davis with 16 goals, is it? So obviously a goal scorer is something we need. And I think you're right that Lafondra is the last person we had. You could actually, you could actually class as a goal scorer. Um but I think, I think personally, I think Medine, while he's not great, um, he is a. I think he he's effective in the air, and I think he's the kind of striker that needs a second striker with him. So I think someone like Lafondre is going to get in behind, make runs in behind, and try and win the second ball off Medine. Might work, but then how do you fit in the likes of Henry and the new fella who are wingers? Um, yeah, how do you fit them in in a four-four-two diamond? I don't see that happening unless he goes to a conventional four-four-two. Is that something you think he could do, Mark? It's it's possible. I mean, you know, he has got out-and-out wingers now, I suppose. But I I I, I just don't I don't know. I mean, my, my chief concern really with Lafondre is he hasn't played a lot of football at Wigan mm. or Cardiff. You know, and in fact, it's my concern with, with through everybody that's signed. To be honest, nobody's really been playing a great deal of football. So, and looking back to September when he had to integrate five players who hadn't been playing a, a lot of football, it, the results took a dip. So, it, for me, it's, it's it really is a, a, a big big gamble to, to throw all these lads in and expect an instant change of form. Whether you know, and I fully agree. You know, Lafondre's got the pedigree, and they, you know, at this level, he should. You're banging goals in for fun. But I don't think Bolton have got the players to play open football and to get the crosses in that, you know, that the Lafondre needs and that, mm. you know, that constant sort of supply because he doesn't do a lot of work historically outside the penalty box. No. And, you know, I, I, I don't think you can call him a luxury, but, you, you know, you need people around him doing that work and Medine isn't that player. No. So... Maybe Chris Long is that player. Maybe that they're the two you look look through because I know that Chris Long is, is quite mobile and um, maybe a better pace up there to do the running for Lafondra. Yeah. Whether he, you know, is would you would you drop Medine full stop at this point in time? Does, does he deserve to be completely taken out of the equation? I don't know. I think Wilson would, judging by what he was saying. Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, listen, <clears throat> I see his value. I can see why people rate him. And I th- like you said, two, two up top with Medine knocking him down for Lafondra could work. But uh, as Mark said, Lafondra's work rate isn't exactly really high. But I think that's why the likes of um, you know, Josh Fella, the new fella Viv Solomon, I think is how you say his name. Um, who Solomon you know, Otterball? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those players work really hard, and they can, you know, they can do the running all game, and Lafondra can just. Put, put the full stop on the attacks. Yeah. Um, moving on from Lafondra, I know we've got a couple of new, other new players in. So Tom mentioned there, Viv Solomon, Ottobor. I know absolutely nothing about this guy. But um, I believe we've all... Is it true we've also brought in Felipe Murray today, Mark, as well? 
Well, he's certainly been looking for flats in Bolton, um, which oh, would be okay. an thing to do if he wasn't going to sign for Bolton. Mm-hmm. Um, That's interesting. I, I, I understand they, they, uh, they're waiting for some clearance on it. Um, okay. I think both from the Football League and then there may be some in type of international clearance. I, I'm not 100% sure, but it's paperwork that's uh, that's holding it up. I think it'll probably get done tomorrow. Okay. And he's a winger as well, is he not? Left winger? He is, yeah. yeah. He is. A, a fancy Dan. He got described to me as a fancy Dan this morning. Oh. So um, he, he sounds a bit like uh, Andre Moritz. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> mind back. Um, that's exactly how he was described to me when he first signed in. But... Um, well, he look, he's been released by Bradford Park. He knows what he can do, but he's he's thirty one, I think, if memory mm. serves now. So, you know, I think it's it's more of a body than a starter. If if, if I'm being brutally honest. Yeah, and um, how much do you know about Chris Long? Obviously, on loan from Burnley now. Well, I, I've I've seen him up against Bolton a couple of times. Obviously, he scored in pre season for Burnley, mm. um, and then and then for Fleetwood as well. I've spoken to a lot of people this week who's coached him at junior level and said he, he was tipped to be, you know, the the next big thing. Really? Um, hasn't quite happened for him. He's very, very quick, um, good movement, but he's, he's struggled. I mean, I know Fleetwood had, had quite a few decent strikers and they're all vying for places. He didn't fit in with the, the squad. You know, I'm here looking for somebody's going to miss out. It looks like to me the, the, the attacking ones are dropping Taylor and I can't see, see them dropping Thorpe. Um, out the squad completely, so it's um, it's a it's a difficult one really. I, 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 and, and again, the, the lack of football is a concern. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think the lack of con- lack of football is a massive concern to me personally. But um, I guess he's got to try and make the most of it, hasn't he? Because we're quite low on numbers at the moment. Um, Tom Wilson, let's come to you. What do you think about kind of squad depth? Is that an issue? Um. Not as much now because I think we've got more options. Well, you know, we did lose Aaron Clough and he was quite a big factor in our attack. But um, I'm not as worried about depth as I was a few months ago. I think um, if the players that we have keep fit, then our promotion challenge is very much valid. Yeah. Still. Cool. Let's come on to the, the big talking point from yesterday. Zach Clough leaving Bolton. Um Mark, let's come to you first on this. Um, tell us, do you, how much do you know about... Can you talk about the financials of it? Or is yeah, it... yeah. Well, I mean, I, I can say for, for definite, we, I was told late morning that they, they'd rejected an offer for Josh and for, for Zach, as it mm. turns out. Um, we know that the, the, the Josh one was a, a paltry 500 gram from Wigan, which <laughs> is quite laughable when you think about it. Um, but I must say that when I heard it was 2 million quid from Forrest, the first instinct was now nah, this there's no way there's no way they're going to get him for that um and you know there's been various figures banded around the the my opposite number over in uh, down in nottingham rather um has spoken to the club today and he is happy at the minute that it's three million plus bonuses okay um my gut feeling that's not enough yeah. Uh, simple as. I don't. I don't think that's a, a, a very good deal. Whether it reflects where Bolton are financially, possibly, very probably. Um, but for for a player of, of that kind of talent and that potential, who, if Bolton were to get promoted as a Championship player, I would be expecting five plus million for that. It, it, it is a shame. It's just a, a shame that circumstances have 
have seemingly forced the club's hand into a sale. Yeah. Do you think it's a similar situation with um, Rob Holding in the summer as well? Well, yes. Yes. I mean, I think with, with Rob Holding, because it was Arsenal, it wouldn't have mattered what the situation was he was going because mm. you don't you, you can't as a young player turn down that kind of move. Um, I think, with due respect to Nottingham Forest, who've got you know a decent degree of history as well, it isn't a big glory move. Although I do understand it's a very big contract for Zach, obviously four and a half years, but financially it's well worth it for him. So it's yeah. a it's a life changer for him. Um, I don't know. I, I, there's just a a little bit of me that just thinks the timing was bad. Um, also, it, it's a bit of a shame for LaFondra as well because, you know, it had been built up that much, the idea of LaFondra coming back and within five minutes of, of LaFondra being announced, it was kind of, oh, and by the way, Zach Clough is, is on his on his way out and it kind of took the shine of everything. Hmm. Is it just the cynic in me that thinks that maybe that is not so much a coincidence? It's the same cynic in me as well. <laughs> um, yeah, you've got a striker that's been desperate to come to Bolton Wanderers, and he's been trying to get out of Wigan since what the second week of January, and then he, he, the, the deal's done. What ninety minutes before Clough goes, I, I, I smell a rat. Mm. Well, it, 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 it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, I, I know that contact was made a good while ago with Lafondra, but I also know he was one of a good few uh, on, on that list. And, you know, I've, I've publicised some of the names. Others, you know, they were looking at a young lad from Arsenal, a couple from Everton, and and they made more sense to, to what it seemed Phil Parkinson was trying to do. This is only my thoughts on it. Mm. I just wonder whether or not the, the whole idea, the kind of kind of PR side of things of bringing Adam LaFondra back, maybe, maybe, has, has, has come into play here, knowing that, there could be an offer for Zach. I think Ken Anderson said today there's been several offers now for Zach Clough, which indicates you know a longer timeline than just oh by the way Forrest came in with a, a, an offer on deadline day. Maybe maybe they got good wind of the fact that Zach would be going. Mm. Perhaps. Maybe. I think I my personal feelings on this. It's very strange that there was a certain number mooted earlier in the season. That was a lot higher than he's actually gone yes. for. Um, it seems very strange that they've sold him for such a low amount of money when you look at some of the other deals that have been done for players. I mean, Scott Hogan for 12 million. Come on. I mean, he scored a few goals, but he's not that good. Um, he's not four times better than Zach Clough, is he? Um, yeah, it seems like a shame that we've lost two of our best young players for what, five, five and a half million in the last six months, I think. But. Yeah, what do you think about that? Um, what do you make of the Zach Clough move, Tom, down the Manny Road, Tom? Uh, I'm, I'm gutted. Um, he's the best talent that we've produced in 15 years. I mean, Holding possibly could have challenged him, but with Rob Holding, it was all so quick. He was in the first team, mm. and then he all of a sudden he was he was our best defender, and then he was an Arsenal player. Whereas with Zach Clough, he's been two steps forward, one steps back. Injuries held him back. Since Kevin Nolan, he's probably the best young player that we've brought through. Um, and to, to lose him for £3 million, so a club with no manager, a chairman that wants to sell, um, a club that seems to be going one way, which is stagnating like we were two, three years ago before we dropped down into League One. Um, 
I'm personally gutted. I think we're weaker because of it, regardless of who's coming. And and I don't think Nottingham Forest is is the peak of his ambition. I, I think he could easily have gone to a, a higher achieving club, a, maybe a Leeds or a, or a Derby or a Sheffield Wednesday, and and played a key part in a team like that. Um, Mid- Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough are very interesting. Sorry to interrupt there. Mid- Middlesbrough had been sniffing around for a long time, and I agree with you that. That's exactly the sort of level I thought he was going to go in at. I think he's got that in him, hasn't he? He's got that 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 bit of magic that wins that wins games of football. I mean, mm. I mean, it's, it, there's a poetry about his last goal because he's known for for some fantastic free kicks, and for that to be his last goal, that's one of his one of his better free kicks. Um, he's he's better than Nottingham Forest, and I'm sure he'll prove that over time. I just hope that in that plus bonuses that Mark mentioned before um, is a 25% or possibly even higher sell-on fee because Rochdale have made just as much money out of the Scott Hogan deal than we did for Zach Clough yesterday. So I hope we've got a sell-on clause. In terms of his current ability, um, do you think he'll get in Forest's team? I know they've just brought in Ross McCormack. Um, Is he going to be playing week in, week out for Forest? You I'd imagine so. You've got a Longer there as well, haven't you? Playing yeah. quite well at the moment. Um, and and McCormack's not had a great deal of football. So, I, I, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think, I think, I think Zach could go in. I think they've lost the creative midfielder in Henry Lansbury as well. So, yeah, true. I think Zach will be the replacement for him. Yeah. Um, Wilson, I'll give you a chance to talk about Zach as well. Uh, what do you make of the move? Um... I don't rate him as highly as you lads seem to do, but I am. it is sad that he left. I put on kind of a brave face yesterday when it was announced that he was leaving. I was like, oh, whatever, you know, it happens. We won't, we won't suffer that much, but now that I've slept on it. <clears throat> and um, obviously with the news of LaFondra coming back and those two complemented each other so well in 2015, like they were just yin and yang when during that last part of the season. So um, I think that's bad for Lafondra because he, I think he would have been excited to um, play with Cliff again. <clears throat> but um, yeah, him being sold to Forest, like you lot said, I, don't th- I think selling him to Forest, especially for two million, if if we were if we weren't if we were any club other than Bolton, he would have gone for five million at the very 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 minimum. Yeah, exactly. But clubs know that we need the money and they take advantage of that. And that there's, a, there's nothing wrong with that. It's smart of them to do that, but I don't know. It's just insulting that our best prospects are getting sold to pennies. Yeah, it's true. Um, Mark, yesterday there was quite a lot of other rumours around that Bolton were going to be signing players without really any names being mentioned. Um, are you aware of any other deals that could have been close or we could have done? Well, certainly they, they asked about Stephen Darby at Bradford. Mm. Um, which would have been very interesting. Uh, I think Bradford very surprisingly came in for, for Jamie Proctor and, and there were quite a few knocking around for, for Proctor. Uh, and, and it was a kind of a, a strange kind of web that, that you know, if, if Doyle went somewhere that somebody else was going to lose, it was a huge, uh, uh, like a, a, a love hexagon at some one point with, with Jamie, <laughs> Jamie Proctor. Um, maybe like six clubs involved, but uh, I, I think... When when the, the, the idea was mooted to Bradford that they would do a swap deal for Derby because Proctor really fancied going to 
Bradford. Mm. Um, I think it was a very short, sharp no. Um, but I think they, I, I get the feeling that Bolton had another try and, 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 and maybe had asked a couple of questions of Derby to see whether he fancied uh, playing. But he has been playing at Bradford, so I, I don't see any reason why they would uh, would do a deal on that front. Um, right. it, it was quite strange, really, because after uh, Viv Solomon Otterbore, I keep on forgetting his name, <laughs> after after that one had, had been done yesterday. Um, the, the, the mood behind the scenes at Wanderers was that there was still going to be two or three deals done. Mm. There, was a, there was a defender um, and, you know, a another. So after that got done, sort of twiddle their thumbs and thinking, well, what's what's next? And then it just ground to a halt after the, the Zach Cloth thing sort of went. It, it uh, came and went, nothing happened. And, and it was a bit of an anticlimax in terms of the signings made, I thought, yesterday. Mm. Um, left it on a little bit of a... A down note. I know sort of Marais is being done as we speak, so that would level it up. It'd be three and three out, and, and I think Anderson said today that uh, that there's another space available, which raises the the, the uh, question of Mr. Odom Wingy as well, who's still knocking around. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you can debate that one in a moment, but uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, there was there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, talk about Doyle. I know Parkinson really rated Doyle, but my my information tells me that he wanted a lot of money. Um, and so Pompey must be a, a, a lot better off than they were um, a few years back because they, they must have paid it to get him in. Mm. Um, there were uh, Dominic Samuel, who's ended up at Ipswich, which uh, he was he was at Reading. Park. Some was certainly looking at him. Yeah. Um, Kieran Dowell at Everton was another one um, that he looked at. Mm. Um there were uh, there were a couple of others I mentioned it before. There was a couple of kids at, at Arsenal, and uh, Steve Parkin knows Steve Bold there, and I think he, he's you know investigated a couple of potential loans there as well. That might be something in the future that they can exploit there that sort of relationship. Yeah. So, um, it, you know, it, it, it seemed it, it seemed they were going down a certain path, and then it seemed to veer a little bit in the in the in the last week or so. Um, so. What, what happened, uh, not entirely sure at the moment, but uh, I just hope that it, it sort of works out for the best, really. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, we've got a load of questions for, um, um, from Twitter and by the other lads on on the website. So should we crack into those and it will answer some of, the thing, some of the things we haven't yet talked about? Right away. Okay, cool. So from Twitter, at Pat Fury has asked... Um, have you asked about the rumours of Parkinson to Forrest? Apparently that's been a rumour that's been going around that Forrest are not only content with Zach Clough, they also want to steal Phil Parkinson. Is there any yes, truth yes. in that? Well, I've noticed these odds have come down a lot. Mm. Um, nothing from the Bolton end at the minute, but there's there's certainly been a little bit of uh, of gossip at the, at the Nottingham Forest end, yes. Um, mm. At the minute, I'm, I'm trying to check it out. Okay. But uh, I, I, he's so unpredictable, the the owner there at the moment, and this is it's coming straight from the, the kind of journalists down there. And you know, they generally can't read him. They they, they honestly don't know what he's he's anticipating. Um, it, Phil Parkinson doesn't look like his type of manager, but it, you know, it, it could he could basically appoint anything. Nobody was expecting Friedman. They've even talked about putting Dougie Freeman back in. Yeah, really? That's how that's how lunatic it's got down there. <laughs> um, so, Are they mad? You know, anything could happen. Anything oh, yeah. could happen. 
I mean, that would be a disaster, wouldn't it, losing Parkinson after what he's done this year? Absolutely. But, yeah. Uh, it, it would it would bring the place <laughs> down. I, I don't even want to contemplate it. No, it would not be good. Um, okay, moving on. At JJ Stewart 457 That's a good Twitter handle. Um, was LaFondra Parky's signing or the Andersons signing? I think they've got to be a bit of everything, haven't they? I mean, they're not going to sign anything that the manager just doesn't want. But no, there's no question that Phil Parkinson spoke to, to Adam LaFondra and you know a good few weeks before uh, the signing was made. You know, I think we've debated already whether whether or not the signing was made for uh, PR, PR, slightly PR reasons, or, mm. or whether or not they they genuinely targeted him to, to move into a particular slot in the team. Um, we'll see. Oh, he just needs to get a couple of goals. So, do you know what? We won't even be discussing this. If he scores a couple of MK Dons on Saturday, win the game, everybody will be happy and nobody will be debating this. Yeah, exactly. Um, what do you guys reckon? Tom and Tom. Um, is he a Parkinson player or the Andersons? Just brought him in to please us. Yeah, in my opinion, it's definitely a move to endear themselves to the fans. <laughs> definitely. You can't really blame them, though, can you? I mean, oh, no, definitely not. They need it. Yeah, exactly. Bit of good PR is never a bad thing. Um, another, the same guy's got another question mark. Um, what money has Ken put into the club, Ken Anderson? What money has he put into the club? I don't know. I haven't seen the accounts of you. I haven't seen them yet, no. One pound. <laughs> One pound. <laughs> you, you think I'm joking. Well, there's three it's... million from club and there's two and a half from holding. Has that gone into the club or has it gone elsewhere? That's what I want to know. Well, they're losing, they're losing 800, uh, 800 grand a month. Yeah. So, you know, that that tells you, I mean, even the three million pounds that, you know, the, the, even if it's paid all up front, which it probably isn't in these, mm. this day and age, uh, you know, it can only keep us going for three and a bit months. Yeah. Um, I think... You know, obviously, with the, with the problem with the wages, which cropped up conveniently on the transfer yeah. deadline day, um, you know, it, it's very clear there are problems there. Mm. You know, that having to be addressed. He's, he's he's fighting quite a lot of fires at the minute, and and the, the relationship at the top between himself and, and Dean Holdsworth, and the the two in and throwing are causing issues all over the place, and fighting the various commercial contracts that don't make sense. And from a business point of view, I entirely understand what he's doing. It just you know, it, it's it's difficult to run a football club with all this going on in the background. Yeah. I yeah, feel for Phil Parkinson, I really do. You've got, to, you've got to remember as well, football clubs don't make profit. You know, there's a very small mm. amount of football clubs that make a profit. Yeah. You know, if you're trying to run a football club like like you like you are a business, then it, it, it doesn't end well. I mean, one of the few football clubs that made a profit last year was Blackpool. So, <laughs> enough said. I'll, I'll yeah. leave that with you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you mentioned Dean Holdsworth there, Mark. Yeah. Um, on a day-to-day basis, is Dino still around, or is it? Is he no, taking a no, back he's, seat? He's, he's, he's stepped away. He, has, he hasn't been at the club for, for a fair while. Obviously, he does go. He does go to to, to most home games. Hmm. Um, he's got a couple of he's got a couple of issues. He's 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 uh, he's fun with it. He's, he's having to deal with down down south at the moment. But oh. um, it. The, I mean the. It's just very messy, isn't it? I mean, I could sit here all night and discuss the, the intricacies of the relationship and the the ups and downs. Um, it makes uh, my headache just thinking about it, to be honest with you. Um, 
but it needs sorting. Something something needs doing. You know, you know the ownership issue has deteriorated to the point where it has started to impact on on the playing side for me. I think that the, the problems they've had with wages. I think that the whole talk of you know uh, winding up petitions and all this kind of stuff in the last couple of weeks. When people start to talk about that on the training ground, that's when there's a problem. And, you know, you need to keep that football side of things totally away from the business side. And when they start mixing, that's what happened last season. And the whole place just, you know, the whole thing falls to bits. And and that's what you need to avoid at the moment. Yeah. How much do the players talk to each other about stuff like that? I've never... It's quite an interesting topic, isn't it? You don't really think about it much, but... I mean, I I don't think they... They sit there and and, and talk about uh, you know process of administration or, mm. or you know the, the the little vagaries of uh, of why they are porters and, and and the high court process or anything. But um, they they realise things are up. And obviously, when a, you know, money doesn't come into your bank yeah. account or or staff around the training ground don't get paid on time or that kind of thing, and it, it has a knock on effect. Yeah. Um, it has a knock on effect on morale and. Mm. And I've noticed it, certainly in the last few months, that staff that ploughed on and worked so hard to get to this stage have all of a sudden just started to, to get worn down again now. And it's like, oh, God, it's, it's late again. It's it's a couple of days again. And and, and it's, it's it's worrying. It's very worrying that they're going to end up back at the same stage. I don't think they will. But it's this kind of, well, I don't want to say brinkmanship, but it, it, it feels like we're going to the, the last minute every single month and then it gets sorted a bit late, but it gets sorted. And and I, I don't like to see that, to be honest. No. You just imagine Medine talking about winding up positions. <laughs> <laughs> a very erudite young man, I tell you. I'm sure he is. Yeah. <laughs> um, another question here, Mark. Um, at Mark Y, our American friend, Mark, Mark Yezolevsky, um, He's asked, I know, I know we're not in a position of power, but why do we struggle to get high transfer fees for promising players? Uh, well, it's a fair point. I mean, it, you know, it's not even just a, a recent thing, is it? I mean, they, no. they, there's not many players you can say, oh, you know, Bolton have done a good deal there. In my experience, in my kind of uh, time being around the club, um, Anelka was pointed out to me earlier, earlier on Twitter, actually, that was one of those that oh yeah you've got a good good price there but I can't think of too many others. No, I mean Johnson I, I remember being particularly low like four and a half was it? Gary Cahill four, was four million. Four million, not yeah. really enough was it? Gary Cahill but, was about seven million was it? Yeah, it, it was seven. Having turned down seventeen to twenty one million, God, Spurs and City. You and know. we turned him. We turned him from an Aston Villa reserve to an England centre half, <laughs> and we got, we got two million pounds for the privilege. Oh, yeah, I mean there was the contract thing, wasn't there? It was, it was it was winding down his contract, but no, I mean it, there, there has been some poor business. Yeah, no question, no question. Danny Ward, that was that was one of the very few ones that turned around to to Owen Coyle at the time. I thought, yeah, you've done quite well to get a million quid off Huddersfield for Danny Ward. Is that what we got? I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 But uh, I can't think of many other examples. That shows how much I'm scraping the barrel. Really. Yeah. <laughs> We've okay. got a long history of losing money for players, haven't we? Yeah, we yeah. A long history of that. I think I think if, you, if, you, if you're not operating from a position of financial power, then obviously you're going to have vulture circle. I mean, you, you look at the Scunthorpe thing. I, I, I don't know the exact figure for, for what Scunthorpe offered, but... You know, it, it was derisory by all accounts. <laughs> for, 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 some, for somebody like Scunthorpe, 
to even suggest that, that we would sell arguably the best defender in the whole whole division to them, to, to the team that we're trying to chase. <laughs> it just shows what other teams think we're you know position we're in. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Um, no, Bellabid. Good grief. Yeah, that that, that Bellabid is ridiculous. Five hundred thousand from Wigan Wanderers. They can they can get lost, can't they? Um, question from at Nathan at underscore Nathan Jones underscore. Um, do you reckon Lafondre will get more goals than Clough had so far this season? So what's that? Nine, is it? Nine, yeah. Um, I, I do. What about you, lads? I, I, I think he'll he'll get something like that in in the last eighteen games or so. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be about about nine. I think so too. I yeah. think if we want to if we want to be thinking positive and thinking we're going to finish in the top two, then we need to think that, don't we? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he will as well. I think he will hit double figures. He'll certainly no. want to. The one, the one thing I know about Alfie, I mean, he's, he, he, he definitely wants to be the centre of attention. He wants to be the hero. Mm. And that's a, a quality you don't, you know, it, it, it's a, uh, strikers rather, uh, they do love the, the limelight, a, a typical striker, but he's he's very much, you know, the archetypal type, the, 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 the proper... Uh, the proper goal scorer. He loves the limelight. He loves loves being sung about. He loves the attention type of thing. And it's not a bad trait at all because when he's in form, you know, you've seen him during his career, he'll go on streaks like you'd, you'd never believe. In fact, I remember that day at the Majenski Stadium where mm. he was uh, in particularly decent form. It's still <laughs> burned, burned into my memory. <laughs> um, on a similar topic, do you reckon we'll get automatic promotion? Good grief. Um, oh, do you ask me after Saturday? Because I just think if if these signings can can integrate quickly, then there's no reason why not mm. at all. Because you know, it, but it needs to happen very quickly. It's I, I, I'm really undecided at the moment as to whether or not it's it's playoffs that's the, the aim or automatic promotion. Do you get more money if you go up in the playoffs? I think you do, don't you? Because you yeah, get you a Wembley date. So you're thinking financially, then let's go up by the playoffs. But um, yeah, I don't know. What about you, Tom and Tom? Do you think we'll get promoted automatically? Or promoted <clears> full <throat> stop, actually? Go on, Tom, you go and I'll follow. I think Mark had the perfect answer there because Saturday is a huge game with all of these new signings. Mm. So that will be the, the indicator for how the rest of the season is going to play out. So it's hard to say at this point. Okay. I can't, I can't see past Sheffield United, which, if you'd have mentioned that a couple of months ago, um, I'd have probably laughed because we've, we've had the better of them in two games, and I think we've on paper probably got a better side than them. But they've just, they've got Billy Sharp, who I think if we'd have had Adam Lafondra for the whole season, maybe it, they'd have cancelled each other out. But they've got Billy Sharp up front. They seem to be scoring last-minute uh, winners and equalisers. Um, Scunthorpe have got the ability to beat teams 3-1, 4-2 so they're the, they're the main two aren't they yeah. um, the problem that we've got is that at the minute those two teams score a lot more uh, a lot more goals than us and, I, and I'm guessing that when we're maybe analysing last game or looking forward to MK Dons we'll maybe get onto the topic of how jaded we've looked recently and the, the energy levels haven't been quite there so I'd love to think so Um to be honest, I'm quite enjoying League One. <laughs> My memories of the Championship, I'm still quite scarred. Um, 
So it, it wouldn't be the end of the world if we had two seasons in League One. I quite like being up towards the top end of the table. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a fun season, definitely. Definitely, yeah. I think you guys don't have to work in the press boxes. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 said by a bunch of lads that can go out on the beer on match day and enjoy the afternoon. It's oh, <laughs> I was going to say, Mark, my experience at Wimbledon was very different. I had a fantastic day at Wimbledon. <laughs> no, it's like. A, Torture chamber. It's uh, there's, there's been some lovely welcomes in League One, and like you guys, you know, going to these different grounds and 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 seeing some of these places I've not been at for a, for a fair while is is excellent. But you know, I I, I just miss the comfortable seats and just <laughs> being able to see the pitch and you know, not have to 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 wipe up like an inch of dust before I can sit down and that sort of stuff. Just just little things, just little things. What's... Hashtag journalist problems. <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst ground in League One then, Mark? Uh, AFC Wimbledon was pretty pretty harsh, but um, <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't know actually. So I, I've actually managed to, to avoid Southend. Um, they've rescheduled it for for April fourth, and I'm actually oh, on nice. holiday. Um, so my my assistants got uh, got that privilege. <laughs> I'm not. I wasn't particularly looking forward to the journey on that one. No. Chillingham's not supposed to be a great place either. No. All right. Um... Another question. At Cadman Gareth has asked, was Clough even a choice? I think that means selling Clough. Was there even a choice? <laughs> I, I don't I, I don't think there was once he'd spoken to them, if I'm honest. Mm. I, I think the, the the stage at which they could have said, right, no, we'll we'll you know, even even if it's from a PR point of view, if, if they were to have pulled it back and said, No, we you know, we we're gonna keep our player, thanks but no thanks. I think once he sat down and spoke with Forrest, looked at the contract they had on there, which is a really tremendous contract by all accounts, I think that was when it was gone. Um, so I, I don't think there was. I, I think if they were... The thing is, and, and, and if this had happened two weeks ago with Zach Clough, if it had said, listen, you know, there's financial problems, you know, we, we need to, to accept a bid from whoever was in the ether at the time, I think people would have accepted it, but because it just went bang, there we go, it's done. It's taken quite a long time to process, and I, and I think the, the financial aspects is a, di- a bit more difficult to get your head around mm. um, because it's so fresh in the in the memory. But I, I think over the long term, as long as the financial problems now dissipate and, and we don't have this continual, are they going to get paid and they're not going to get paid thing for the next few months, I think it will prove to be a, a decent decision, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Cool. Um, next question is from our uh, the Bolton Wanderers Latin American uh, fan club, which is BWFC, BWFC underscore Latam. How do you see the team for the season finale? So, what are your what are your hopes for the team moving forward for the rest of the season? Um, again, it goes back to Saturday, doesn't it? I, mm-hmm. I, I agree uh, with uh, Tom that it it it. it, it, it <laughs> It's such an important stage of the season now. They've they've had this little little wobble. You can't afford another September for me where you go six or seven games without a win, um, because the, you know what you know what the Macron's like. It will turn pretty quickly, mm. um, and and there's just the, the, the goodwill's just been eroded a little bit in the, in the last couple of weeks. So I would I would like to see a win on on Saturday. Just keep the consistency going a bit, stay in contention, and 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 as long as they're in contention going into that last six weeks of the season, I'll, I'll be well happy. Cool. Uh, we kind of touched on this one, but let's do it again. At M Dunk One Hundred has asked, 
Clough to Forest, a good move or not as a player? I think he could have done better, personally. What do you guys think, Tom and Tom? 100% agree. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah same here. Um, a bit of a contentious one. At Pete Nine, when are we likely to overturn our transfer embargo, if ever? <laughs> well, we've got accounts that had to be in today or else there's going to be real problems. Mm. Um, so there's job one. Um, assuming that they're still in a salary cap, that's job two. That they have been, Ken Anderson said that they were. They they're in that sort of parameter. So you would like to think that if if those two things are ticked off, and that if there is money available to to solve some of the other issues that are, are knocking around the place and and make the football league uh, a little bit more impressed with the way things are going, you would like to believe that by the next window they would be out. Mm. However, this set of accounts, I think, will highlight just how big a problem there is at the, at the football club and, and just how difficult a situation they actually walked into. Yeah. Tom and Tom, any thoughts on the uh, financial side of things? It's a quagmire, isn't it? You just... The, 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 more, the more you know, the less you wished that you knew. Um, Tell me about it. <laughs> the more you, the more you find out, that the 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 more it bothers you and gives you nightmares. I mean, these accounts, the longer they get put off and the more they they don't get delivered, it just it just adds that pressure and makes you think that even further that it's going to be more worrying. Um, it's it's one of those. The more you find out, the less you wish you knew. Um, when, when we're in good form, it's easy to forget about the finances and you can concentrate on the football, but you have a couple of defeats and transfer deadline day comes and you sell your best player and all of a sudden you're thinking about, oh yeah, we've still not paid the caterers. So it's the it's the elephant in the room with around everything that, that we talk about when we're talking about Bolton at the minute. Okay. I just hate talking about it. I hate hearing about it. I hate reading about it. I just hate the whole <laughs> thing. Right. I just... Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, I just want to, you know, go to go to a football match, see us probably lose, and just not have to worry about going into administration or anything like this. Exactly. It's, I thought we were done with this. <laughs> All right. Um, a couple more questions from Twitter. Um, what's your opinion on the transfer window, both in and out? Kind of mark out of ten. How how is our dealings? How do you feel about it? Uh, I'll, I'll go in. In's six mm-hmm. and, and and outs. I'm not. I'm, well, actually, outs. Generally speaking, I don't. I don't like the, the Clough one, but I think to to, to move Taylor and and Proctor on has been quite a, a, a plus. So mm-hmm. uh, seven for that one. I'm, I'm fairly happy with that one. Were you expecting more players to be sold, or were you fearing more players would be sold? I, I, to be honest, I, I wondered whether they'd have to go down the the, the route of pay. Ian players off. Um, obviously, they've not had to do that because seemingly the, the negotiations with the, the Football League has given them a bit more space to, to operate, which is great. Um, and fair play to, to Ken Anderson on that front because it, it seems like he's, he's got that good relationship with the Football League um, to be able to do that. Um, and I know there's a lot of uh, clubs in the uh, in the Football League that are not overly, overly happy with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I did. I did wonder whether they they try and push 
people like Connor Wilkinson, for example, um, whether or not uh, Dorian Debate would be around. He's not played any football. Mm. Um, I know Lewis Buxton's struggled with injuries, and, and there's, there's, a, there's a few options they probably had if if other players weren't getting moved on. But but thankfully, you know, deals got done for Taylor and for. Uh, uh, to Proctor, um, yeah. I don't like talking about nullifying contracts. It's quite frankly, it's, it's, it leaves us out in your mouth, but yeah. it needs to be as needs most, and that was an option. One of the players there you mentioned um, has kind of he's been not played all season. What has happened to Dorian David? Is he injured or is he just not getting picked? No, he had a he had a knee injury at the start of the season. He struggled a little bit, but he got back, and and I understand he's in really good shape. Okay, now um, he's in good shape, so. And he's a good, he's a, he's a good lad, and, and I know that, that you know the, the coaching staff appreciate the work he does as well. It's not as if they they're just trying to push him out. So it wouldn't surprise me if he got back in at some point. Now that now that they haven't had to do that, you know they haven't had to organise it because I think a lot of the players that are coming out of the contract at Bolton realise there isn't a future after that because I think the way the chairman's spoken about moving the wage bill down, etc. The, the the right offer isn't going to be on the table, so we know it's going to be a lot of a lot of change in the summer. Um, so it is difficult for players like like Dorian or, or Liam Trotter and people like that to, to kind of keep motivated, if you will, yeah. um, earn another deal, whatever. If you're not in the team, so it's. I mean, I do I do feel for them, but um, you know, you know, you never say never. Yeah, it can change. I think David's an interesting one because one theory I've been working on this week is. Um, so the last three games, we've gone one up and then lost 2-1, um, which is pretty unlike us this season. We've been very good defensively. Um, and we don't really have a backup central defender, so there's no one really pushing Beavers and Wheater. Is is David being fit again going to push them to kind of up their game again and make us more de- solid again at the back? What do you reckon? Are you, are you answering that one, lads? Yeah, go for it, lads. Tom and Tom, what do you think? Um, I think Parkinson doesn't realise that Derek can double up as a centre-back. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, what about Derek? <laughs> yeah. He could easily slide into there if Weeter and, you know, Beavers need a rest. Yeah. I think we, uh, I think we could do with a bit of competition for places Absolutely. all across the team. I don't, I never, I never think of it as a, as a bad thing. Um, the centre-halves by and large have been very good. Mm. I don't, necessarily think our centre-halves have been necessarily at fault for, for what's going on. Um, certainly didn't think that they were at fault against uh, Charlton. Um, but yeah, competition for places is, is never a bad thing. I don't know that Dorian DeVete is going to be keeping Mark Beavers up at night, but... Yeah. <laughs> You'd hope not, no. Um, one last question, Mark, from Twitter. Um this is from at Chris Bradish, who pertinent to the question has a big photo of him with a beard. Um, oh right, yeah, I know him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know him. If we had more beards in the squad, do you think Zach Clough would have stayed? Almost definitely. We don't have any I beards in our squad, do we? Zero beards yeah. in the bottom squad. There, there used to be quite a few beards. Now there are none. And, mm. and Matt Mills, Matt Mills, it's beard one. Yeah, time. that was a good one. It, it was uh, it was quite ridiculous. Uh, the beard of many colours. 
if you got up close to it, it was it was it was quite a, quite a sight. Um, but yeah, Andy Lonergan used to have a good one as well, didn't he? And right, uh, yeah. I mean, nobody nobody you go back to the seventies, nobody beats the, the kind of the Roy Greaves and the, the, the proper beer that they had back then. They're all a little bit wishy-washy. These these modern day beards really. um, <laughs> against modern football beards. Well, exactly. I, 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 I don't know. They're all sculpted, aren't they? And they'd probably get moisturised and stuff like that. You'd never have had that back in Greaves' day. Olivier Giroud's for a good example there. Um, <laughs> probably takes away from him actually scoring goals based on yesterday's performance. But um, that's everything off Twitter. Um, Tom and Tom, any questions from your end that we've not covered? Um, no, I had ones about Clough and whether you think we're better off or not, but I, I, don't, I don't know whether I assume we've covered that, haven't we? Yeah, I can't think of anything either, to be honest. Okay. Um, there's a couple from the the team, generally. Um, there's one I was really interested in, actually. Um, so, obviously, with Twitter and social media, things are a lot different these days. Um, so, for example, people are able to post messages on Zach, Clough, on Zach Clough's tweets saying whatever they want to say. Let's just say that. Um so one of the lads asked, is, is it getting harder to report accurately on deadline day in the Twitter age? Um, yeah, I, I mean, do, it certainly does cloud the water a bit uh, because, you know, you, you have you have so many sources out there and, and yeah. you're continually being bombarded with potential stories. Um, I, I, I find it's easier just shutting that off uh, completely and just just concentrate on the club if you know what I mean mm-hmm. and then oh. I know with the, the blog that I did was I mean this 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 um this year this window rather I got 140,000 people watching wow. it which was was a, a pretty pretty decent effort all in all um but all of them had opinions and they were just peppering. <laughs> it was just mad. it was just absolutely mad absolutely mad Mark, if only there were certain other individuals that had shut Twitter off and concentrate on the club. <laughs> it's, it's, look, it's really difficult because I mean, it, it's it's not something I think personally with, with players, and I've spoken to a few kind of managers at Bolton about this, and Dougie being the operative one, he, he was very anti-Twitter. But I think managers don't particularly understand it because all they want is players to concentrate on the team and, and on their, their performances and likewise with staff or with anything else all, all you really want is them to do the job for the, for the club but it's so easy to kind of buy into the, the fandom of it and and, to, and it's the same with me as well by the way because you know I, I find myself oh yeah I just wasted two hours answering questions from fans or, or manking about on Twitter when I could have been <laughs> you know ringing around at the club or, or finding the story so it's it's very distracting and 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 it is harder to report nowadays. And then everybody's got an opinion. And, you know, you, you, if you've got a flipping ego about yourself, it can get very easily bruised. And uh, you've got to be careful with what you say. Yeah, yeah. true. How do you feel about, and actually how do players feel about um, the kind of new access that fans have to players? Um, so, for example, I think Alfie's really good on Twitter. He's... Um, mm. He's very open to play to people like sending in messages, and he'll come back with pretty jovial replies. But when when players are when fans are pissed off with players and they send pretty rude messages to them, um, mm-hmm. how do you feel about that? Is it something that 
Well, the FA I mean, Championship looks extremely good. I mean, yeah, handles mm. himself very, very well and, and fair play. I, I, I've, I've monitored him, let's say. Uh, I'm, he follows me and I've followed him for quite a while. And I have seen, and his stuff pops up quite regularly on my kind of timeline, and, and I have seen in difficult times, even he's had a nibble at people. Mm. Um, and it's very easily done. Um, but equally, even those players that haven't got Twitter accounts, that kind of ego about players and that you sat there, you know, you can't sleep at night and you sit there and, and have a, a read about what people are saying about you. And, and it's really difficult. And it's, I, I totally advise against it. It can drive you completely nuts, um, but it is really difficult to ignore. And and I know it's something that managers worry about that yeah. the players kind of read their own press, or read their own comments and, and worry about what other people are thinking about when actually all you want is just a kind of tunnel vision and just all, just sort yourself out. That's it, really. Um, I think the best the best footballers with these Twitter accounts just use them for straightforward stuff. Stuart Holden was a master, absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. Knew exactly what he was doing. You know, publicised the right things, made the right comments, left it alone. Kev Davis was brilliant for ages, but then he got a load of grief when things. Uh, weren't working great for him, and he, he ended up having to step off to a straw together for a while. If yeah. you remember, yeah, as a Bolton player, so it, it's, it, it can it can it can go yeah. south for the best of them. Yeah, I think as well. There's there's, there's that many lunatics <laughs> that are tend to be the maybe the loudest people. If you if you see mm. what I'm saying on on these sort of things, I mean, the the people who were reacting to the Zach Clough news were the ones who were angry with either the club or with Zach himself. And you can see how easily a player can get the a certain impression of what fans think of them, which which really, by and large, isn't accurate. Mm. It's right. That's right. I mean, I think it's very easy to blurt something out on Twitter. It's it's immediate, isn't it? But yeah. then I think certainly when somebody comes on to me, and I've got to be honest, I've been a, I've been a lot more ready with the old block button recently. I used to try <laughs> and talk to people or reason with people and and then i just realized you know, it's just easier just to just just to knock them out um not not literally <laughs> it, would, it would be a lot easier to knock them out believe me <laughs> that would be much easier but uh, unfortunately i get sacked um you know it, it, you tend to though if, if somebody constructively comes up and says listen i don't agree with this this and this you, you tend to find a common ground and, and people are a lot easier but it's just these people that just just bombard you and won't see any other any other side to things that it's, it, it makes it very very difficult i have to say yeah i think one of the things that but, frustrates me about you know, people on twitter is they don't understand what a journalist's role is in reporting a club um yeah that kind of annoys me when i see people like, yeah. slagging you I've off about people, stuff i've seen people act like mark is responsible for who we bring in and who we don't bring <laughs> in. like people get mad at mark that we haven't signed somebody and it's like I don't get it whatsoever. <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's just so emotive, isn't it? I mean, you know, it's 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 a crazy, crazy uh, business football. Um, so you've got to you've got to understand that that actually it's it's all about the passion for the club and the passion for wanting to see the club do well. Um, you know, after Bolton win a game on a Saturday, I can go on Twitter and have a great laugh, and you know, mm. people are happy talking and bouncing jokes off one another, blah blah blah. But you come on after a after a defeat, and the same people are turning around and yeah. saying, "No, oh, you're, you're shit at your job. Why don't you, do, why don't you ask real questions?" And I love that's my, that's my favourite 
happen? Why, why are you not asking the hard questions? I, I swear <laughs> to God, there isn't a question. There isn't a question I haven't asked at Bolton Wanderers in the last eight, 18 months. There's nothing. Nothing has been off limits. You don't always get the answers. You don't always get the answers that you want, but actually asking the questions. It's like, well, I don't know what you want. I don't know what you want. And I'm going to have to take a gun in there one of these days and put it to people's heads and, <laughs> and, and do like you did, like a Twitter Q&A. So, you know, Lawrence XYZ asks, <laughs> uh, how much money have you really put in? And this kind of stuff. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Mark, have you found the equivalent uh, with Parker to the Neil Lennon death stare yet? <laughs> He's told me off a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? Lenny was Lenny was brilliant. Um, he really was good, and and you know he was very frustrated. Uh, and I remember him telling Jack Gaiden off uh, for for daft question. We were at Ipswich and they got beat. And who was the? It was Rob Hall that gave him the ball away on the edge of the box, That's led to the winning goal. And he was absolutely just furious. You could see that red mist in his eyes. And Jack, Jack said something along the lines of, well, that didn't work out according to plan, did it? Got him a glance and Jack was like, oh, Jesus, what's going to happen? I won't repeat exactly what he said, but it was, it was, uh, it wasn't very nice. It would it did. Didn't air on BBC Radio Manchester. Um, and Jack, the consummate <laughs> coding years, manages managed to recover and ask the second question. But Parky's a lot calmer. Um, he's he's been really good. He's, he understands the job that, that kind of we do. Understands the the, the the role of the club in the town, the way the fans are thinking. Very measured. Very very um very professional. Um, so it's it's been a, a real pleasure thus far to work with him. Um. But uh, he's only enjoyed good times so far, and uh, and you know it's it's always easy in the good times. Uh, so you know if if um, hopefully it's, it's only ever good times for, for Phil. But uh, in the tough times, he'll need us too. Yeah. Um. Another question: Is our business done? Do you think, apart from Murray, who looks like he's going to happen? Mm. Do you think anyone else no, will come in? No, I, I think they're going to get somebody else in. I, 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 I'll be honest, I haven't managed to, to to pin down the idea. I think Nick Kuypers came up the other day. Yeah. If you remember him. Um, and that was interesting because obviously he could play across the back four mm. and he's a good age. And if he is coming out of contract, which I haven't checked, but that's the way the story was 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 written over in Holland. He's, he's, he was coming out of contract. That would be interesting. Um He's. Quite, I remember Greta Steinson talking about him. He knows him from, oh, from right. over in Holland, and said he was a really good player. He was, he was well worth watching. So, and that was in the championship. So that would be a good, uh, good one. Um, and obviously, I've mentioned it, but almost Roden Wingy is still uh, available. That's the missing piece to the puzzle. Oh yeah. Get out of <laughs> <laughs> I think who one of us wrote an article earlier in the week. If Odin Wingy's the answer, what's the question? Um, was that you, Tom? <laughs> it was it. you. Yeah. Uh, what do you what do you think of Odin Wingy, Mark? And uh, it, I, why I, do we need I, do we need when, him? when he when he came in? I mean, there was there was obviously a big clamour, you know, when when he when he started training with Bolton and and got the deal at, at Rotherham. But I, I know for a fact uh, that, that the staff at Bolton were very impressed with how fit he was. Mm. You know, he's thirty five, but he's still. Was 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 right up there with with everybody else. Um, whether or not a difficult few months with Rotherham has dulled that, I don't know. Whether or not you think as a character, it, it would do more harm than good to put him in there. 
I don't know the guy well enough to be able to say definitely no, but you know his, his past history doesn't uh, doesn't bode that well. Um, and I don't think uh, we said about the balance of the squad earlier. There, I don't think they're not, they're really struggling for forward positions. I, my concern is have you got enough cover at the back now? Yeah. Um, and 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 perhaps the the the, the fullback position is more than anything else. Uh, yeah, the right side. If Lewis Buxton's injury is 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 going to keep him out more often than not, then you haven't got any cover really for for Laurie Wilson. I don't see Derek as a right back personally. Um, others do, so I think that's where I would worry. Yeah, I agree. In my opinion, ever since Heskey left, we've been missing our joke player, our meat <laughs> player, if you will, and we need to fill that quarter. And um, he's available. <laughs> you know, some, somebody mentioned uh, Joey O'Brien. Earlier. What? Really? Yeah. He's available, said, isn't he? Yeah. Somebody said uh, to me, and it was on Twitter, so it could be rubbish, but he said, is Joey O'Brien training? And I thought, Joey O'Brien, I haven't heard that name in ages, and I Googled him. He's only about 30 still. Joey, yeah. it's incredible. Lots of injuries. I thought he'd retired. Yeah. I thought, well, I, I, apparently not. <laughs> yeah. That'd be an interesting know. one. If he can, well, he, well, he was good, wasn't he, for West Ham for a while. And then just lots of injuries, but... Mm. Uh, he was uh, he was he was fantastic, except he had the thickest Irish accent in the world. And if, <laughs> if you were uh, if you if you interviewed him after a game and, and taped what he had to say, there was no way on earth he'd ever be able to <laughs> listen to it back. <laughs> no, he just didn't understand what on earth he'd said. Bless him. Um, but he was he was, a, he was a good lad. Um, a couple of more questions. Um, one of the lads is I know we haven't covered this subject. Uh, you may not want to talk about it, but. What do you think about Lee Anderson being on Twitter? I've no problem with Lee Anderson being on Twitter. I mean, let's and I'll, I'll say it, that the club I've stated categorically is not a paid employee of Bolton. Okay. So you have to take that into consideration first. Um, yeah. You know, he's, he's not bound by any sort of club directives, albeit, you know, as, as, as the son of the chairman, he, he has to has to behave himself. I don't think I don't think he deserves a lot of stick. Nobody does at all. Mm. Um, and, and Twitter can get too strong at times and um, it can, you know, it's, it's all very well having a laugh and a joke at times, but it can, it can go too far. And I, I think obviously it, it has done a little bit recently. Mm. Um, I mean, it's guys, it's only Twitter. It's only yeah, football. Exactly. Boys and girls, it's not, yeah. it's not the, uh, it's not the be all and end all. It's, it's not, it's not life or death. So I, I think everybody just needs to chill out a little bit and just yeah. realise we're, uh, we're just following a football club. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, one of the problems we had with the last regime uh, was they didn't tell us anything. So now we've got yeah, a guy on Twitter good. who's telling us stuff, and people are moaning about it. It's like, come on, guys, you can't win both ways, can you? So, yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier, well, we talked earlier about. Um, Clough and Holding being sold to our best young prospects in a while. Um, do you know of any youngsters coming through who could kind of step into their shoes or any top young talents coming through? Um, I mean, I think I think Alex Perry and, and Jack mm. Hearing are the two that they, the two outfield players that they they've sort of got their eye on at the moment. Um, but I I think Jake Turner is for me. It looks. A very very good prospect indeed as a, mm. as a goalkeeper. I think um, certainly sort of Lee Butler and and, and the staff uh, have done a terrific job there. And 
Uh, he's he's coming on leaps and bounds. He's obviously an England youth international. He's had Premier League teams looking at him very, very strongly. Um, so, you know, obviously he's going to have to wait his turn. <laughs> We're quite blessed in that department. Mark Howard's only a couple of weeks away from returning, so you'll have two really strong goalkeepers there again. But I think he's uh, he's, he's really looking like a, a, a talent that's going to go on, Jake Turner, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've heard good things about him. I think Jasper Linen as well has had some talk about him in the past, hasn't he? And you'll see his dad's quite good. So, um, <laughs> very good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think Will, Will needs to, to carve his own sort of way. I mean, he's, yeah. I, he's a little bit behind Jake Turner by all accounts, but uh, he's, he's a terrific shot, shot stopper, they tell me. And, uh, and you know, I'd love to see him make it because I know it'd make his dad very proud. Yeah. Um, another one that's had a lot of talk about him is uh, Sami Zade. How much do you know about that guy? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I've, I've seen a fair bit of, of Alex. I think he's still got a fair bit of growing to do as a as a footballer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's out playing regularly now with Chorley and, and uh, doing okay down there. So that'll do in the world of good. Uh, I mean, I, I, there's always that clamour when he scores a few goals at Bolton to, 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 to instantly elevate him to the first team. Yeah. Um, but unlike Zach Clough at that age, the, the coaches still say there's bits missing to his game. Mm. With with Zach, they were worried about his physique more than anything else. I think when when Dougie was around, he, he thought he was a bit lightweight, wasn't in the middle to put him up. He wasn't ready for that. Um, always wasn't ready, wasn't ready. Uh, and then obviously Neil Lennon came in, threw him in, and he was he was fantastic. Um, Alex. I think they say, you know, he needs to work a bit harder outside the penalty box. Um, talking about Lavondra before, <laughs> he's made a fantastic career out of being being that person. But I think he, he's he's got a little bit of growing to do. He's, mm. he's got potential and he knows where the goal is. And, you know, it's a, a terrific trait to have. Yeah. Do you think so? having someone like Lafondra at the club would help Sam Azade if he worked with him? I know he's on loan, but he's playing for the youngsters team tonight as well, isn't he? So just yeah, being absolutely. in a row. I can't see it hardly, can it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. Um, I know yesterday, Mark, on the blog, you were asking people for their four four two, their their starting elevens. Um, what would yours be if, Ooh, if you're looking to this, this year? Uh, well, obviously, Alec and goal. I don't think I'd tinker with my back four. Actually, if everyone was fit, who would be your first eleven? So, if Alec and Howard are both fit, who do you pick? Oh, that, that is a tough one because Mark Howard hadn't done a single thing wrong for me. Mm. Um, so Ben wouldn't have been in the team. If everybody was fit, Ben wouldn't have had his chance. Um, but you can toss a coin between those two. I think probably Mark Howard would be slightly ahead. And then uh, Laurie Beeves and, and Wheats and Tails at, at the back. Jay Spearing and Derek mm. sitting in front. Uh, and then, well, who would you play on the left side now? That's, uh, that's, that's, that's thing, that's, that's, Max Clayton. I would have Max Clayton okay. starting uh, a game. Josh Vella. And then on the right side, I would go Chris Long. And then I would have Gary Medine up front and I would have Alvin Mofondra coming off the bench. Interesting. Although um, if everybody was fit, Mark Davis would also be in that lot. So yeah, I don't think he counts anymore. Though. Does Does Vella <laughs> not come into that too? Vella, Vella, Vella's in the middle. Vella's oh, in the middle. Yeah. Okay. Um, why do you think he's picking Tom Thorpe over Derek? 
height a little bit better in the air and a little bit more physical. Okay. And I, I think he's had a, poor, a couple of poor games, Tom, but I don't think he's... I think there's been a bit of an overreaction as to, you know, he's, he's in bad form or he's some type of devil incarnate that, that was after the Charlton game. I think he has had a couple of bad ones, but to be honest, Spearing hasn't played particularly well alongside him either in the last couple yeah. of weeks. It's been midfield where, it, where they've kind of been let down a little bit. Um, but uh, I think... I'd like to see Derek given a, a couple of good games, you know, a, a little bit of a run and just see if he can he, he can adapt and, and, and show his worth. Yeah. Tom and Tom, um, where do you stand on formation and starting lineups? Um, my starting lineup personally would be Howard in goal, um, unchanged back four, uh, Derek and Spearin sitting in front of them, Vela behind Lafondra up front. Um, I'd put the left is a hard one because I'm torn between Clayton and uh, the new signing Solomon Solomon Ottavo Uh, I'd probably put Clayton in there because and you know we're we're more more familiar with Clayton than we are with the new guy Yeah. and then maybe bring Solomon on as a sub later on Uh, and on the right I'd have Henry yeah I think Solomon and um, Long are interesting additions, aren't they? They've both got a bit of pace and yeah. it seems pretty obvious that Parky was after that when we are sadly lacking in pace until now. So, yeah. Um, Manny, Danny, Manny, Ray, Tom, any advance on that team? Um, not beyond Wilson's, I don't think. Um, Gary Medine was absolutely abysmal against Charlton. Mm. Um, possibly the worst I've seen him in a long time. <laughs> Max Clayton was completely ineffective when he came on. We had two wingers playing as inside forwards. So I don't really see, if those are going to be his wide players, I don't really see the point of playing a 2-3 if they're going to play very narrow. And I don't see the point of playing a target man that can't head a football. So (laughs) I'd be happy to go with Adam Lafondre and Josh Vela um, together. Maybe Vela Vela doing, doing a lot of the running and Lafondre... Sticking, sticking inside the 18-yard box. Um, when it comes to the wing, I'm happy to give give the wingers another chance, but they've got that little bit of competition for places. The only thing mm. is, I mean, I can't pass judgment on them because I'd never heard of them before they signed. <laughs> so they could be, they could be, you know, wonder kids. They could turn out to be our best players. They could be donkeys. So we'll soon find out. Um, I like Tom Thorpe in midfield. Uh, I think Derek is a better, naturally a better player, but I think against the rougher teams, uh, Tom Thorpe's a very useful body to have in there. Um, but I thought him and Jay Spearin were poor against Charlton. If I could drop them both, then I probably would. Um, <laughs> but I'd probably stick with Jay and go go Derek alongside him. But I think... With the new signings, this is the perfect excuse for a bit of a shake-up. Mm. I didn't think Parky would have wanted to to, to maybe change the formation too much. Um, but if he's got Lafondra now, he, he might have to. He might have to uh, change, tweak the formation, change the formation. And, and now's the time to do it. And, you know, if it takes us a couple of games to get to, to, get to grips with each other, then so be it. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's have a look to uh, MK Dons of the weekend. Um, 
How far away from match fitness is Max Clayton, Mark? And do you think he should be starting? Uh, he's, 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 he's fully fit. And, and whilst the lads were discussing the teams there and everybody's looking at, at Max as that left-hand side, it just struck me really that, that, that Zach going really does open the door for him and it gives him that that chance now um, that was, was never going to happen whilst Zach was there, let's mm. face it. Uh, and, and it really is a terrific chance for him. I I know uh, Parky really rates him as a very intelligent footballer mm. and didn't make a great impact against Charlton. I agree with that. Uh, but I do think there's something about him. Um, he's good to watch. He's industrious. He, he's, he's good around the penalty area and he seems to be in the right place. Um, good finisher as well. So I, I think Zach going could be the best thing to happen for Max Clayton, mm. although they're really good mates off the field. I really, I think that could really be a boost for him, yeah. Yeah, because like when I watched Clayton when he was at Crew a little bit, um, he always played up front, didn't he? He had, he had goals yeah. in him. Um, do you see him as a left winger, or do you see him as someone who kind of plays off the main striker, maybe? That's me. Yeah, yeah. I I think in this. It, uh, presuming that he doesn't change the system, I think if you're going to be playing a four-four-two, he's not going to play as a, an out-and-out left left winger. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would be he'd be sort of second striker in that scenario. But in 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 the current sort of four-two-three-one, I think he suits the the, the left-hand side rather than the, the middle because I think Josh has got that nailed down. I think the running he does in that position, you'd have to be pretty good to get him out of that. To yeah. be honest, at the moment, all right. Um, all right, let's have a look, ha- look ahead to MK Dons then. Um, down the Manny Road, Tom, what are you expecting and are we going to win? Uh, they're a bit naff, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they're a bit of a... They're, well, they're a bit of a nothing football club, aren't they? And I suppose that's a bit political, but... <laughs> um, I mean, we went to MK Dons last year, dominated the play. Zach Clough had a brilliant game on the left wing. Uh, missed two or three very good chances. We ended up losing 1-0 um, and playing so well. Um, I this uh, I don't think we're going to win, lads. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, think we're, I, think, I think we'll do well to get a point. Yeah, like like Tom said, MK Dons are a bit shit, but those are the teams that we've struggled with this, this season. Like we've gotten wins against Sheffield and Scunthorpe, who are our main rivals in this league. <laughs> against teams like, you know, Swindon, Oxford, those kind of teams, we've looked incompetent and I hope that isn't repeated on Saturday. Mm. But I don't know, it's hard to say. When I, when I see the starting 11, ask me then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> what do you think, Mark? Um, do you think he's going to go for it or is he going to kind of sit back and... Well, he's just left us. No, I think Mark may have just left us there. But um yeah. that's 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 how positive he is for such a <laughs> <laughs> he, he ran out of words and just gave it. Um Oh he's gone. Um all right, well, so we leave it there? <laughs> or should we try and get him back? I'm not sure. Um, all right, well, MK Dons, I think I'll have my say on it. Um, I think we're going to win, lads. I think um, 
I think Clough leaving could spur a few guys on. I think Clayton, as Mark said there, is uh, has got a big chance yeah. now. So hopefully he'll step up. And I mean, if we lose, we could be fifth. And we haven't been that far down in the table for a long time. No. So it, it, the teams below us seem to close the gap and then we, we kick on again. So, you, you know... We we can't have Bradford going above us after, no. after all the Mickey taking that we've been doing about about them being rubbish. No, and so Rochdale as well. Can you imagine that Rochdale above us? No, well I don't think they can yet, can they? Can they, they not? No, we, we're on the same amount of games, so we've both got two games in hand on uh, everybody else. Well, I say everybody else, Fleetwood and Bradford, um, but I think we've got five points on Rochdale at the minute. Okay. Well, if we start winning, then. You know, it's all good, isn't it? Everyone's going to forget about Clough and LaFondra is going to be the saviour. So um, let's hope that happens. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot for joining us, Tom and Tom. Um, yeah. Let's do my uh, competition thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, go for it, Tom. All right. So um, earlier today, when this was recorded on the 1st of February, I had an idea to, because <clears throat> LaFondra was kind of making a big deal on Twitter about what his squad number is going to be. And that gave me the idea to do sort of like a sweepstakes thing um, where fans could guess what his number's going to be. And uh, we've had loads of re- replies since then. And Adam LaFondra himself, being the sweetheart that he is, um, offered to give a signed Bolton shirt of his away to the to somebody who guesses what his number is. And uh, you can enter this um, at the time of listening. You just all you have to do is go onto the Line of Vienna Twitter page, and uh, I believe Max just come back. Mark is back. Mark. Welcome back, Mark. Just my internet's just bounced out. Is it? So can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear yeah. you. Yep. Uh, yeah. So go on the Line of Vienna Twitter page, and oh, I can't stress this enough. We've had so many people replying to the wrong tweet, and it's really done my head in. <laughs> um, Go to the tweet that says, it was actually pinned a few hours ago, but it's not pinned anymore. But you want to go to the tweet that says, let's have some fun with this. Make your guesses as to which number Alf will pick. There may or may not be a prize involved. Hashtag BWSC. That's the tweet that you reply to, guys. <laughs> um, and so far, we've had 158 replies. And let me just check how many people have it right so far. Well, you might give it away if you do that. That's, good. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. We've had... More than one person get it right, let's just say. Ooh. We've had 158 mildly accurate responses. Yes. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> so, yeah, getting on that, it'll, the winner will be announced once Bolton announced what number he is. So any replies after that won't be included. I'll put everyone who got the right number into like a randomizer sort of thing, and whichever Twitter handle comes up will be the winner. So, yeah. If you want to get involved in that, go on at Line of Vienna Steve and you can go Excellent. crazy. Excellent. Yeah, it's a good prize. So uh, I encourage you all to get involved. Um, Mark, we lost you midway through talking about MK Dons. I think you were going to say we were going to yeah. win, though, weren't you? Not where I was up to now. <laughs> um, score prediction. Go to the score prediction for Saturday. Oh, score prediction. Um, do you know what? I. I... Uh, it will depend on what the, the team's going to be, but I, I'm going to go for a narrow win. I, I, I fancy Adam LaFondre off the bench, 
give us all something to cheer about. Put a bit of positivity back. I might even venture out on Twitter on Saturday night if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> Tom and Tom, score predictions. Um, I'm going to say a 1 0 win to us. Nice. Um, 1 1. Less positive. I'm going to go 3 1 Bolton. Adam LaFondra brace. And a Gary Medine winner. Well, third goal. That's very unlikely. But um, let's go with that. A bit of positivity to round off. All right, um, we've been on for an hour and a half now, so... Um... Oh, shit, I need to do the, uh, the hint for the... the oh, yeah. I promise that people hint. All right, so listen closer, guys. I know this is the reason that most of you are probably listening to this. So the hint is, it's halfway there. Okay? It's halfway there. Hmm, interesting. There's your hint. <laughs> Leave me alone. Stop bothering me. <laughs> All right, great stuff, um, Mark. Thanks for thanks so much for joining us. Um, great to get your insight on everything Bolton Wanderers related. No problem at all. Sorry, I dropped off there. That's all right. No problem at all. Um, don't worry, our listeners do every week. <laughs> yeah, no problem. They'll never make it this far anyway. So don't worry. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Um, Tom and Tom, let everyone know who you are, where they can find you. I am at Cult of Wilson on Twitter. Oh, is that my bit now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you'll find me rummaging, rummaging in your bin in the back of your garden. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Thanks a lot for joining, guys. Um, great to have a chat with you tonight. And uh, yeah, onwards and upwards, uh, the new Bolton Wanderers and bring on three points at MK Dons. Yeah. Good night, guys. Thanks a lot. See ya. Cheers. See you later. Ciao.